Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Take your Bibles, if you would, and I'd like to go back to James chapter 1. We spent a little time with Brother James last week, and uh, we had a great time looking at the three parts of the Christian life. And so today we want to look at some other things there before we move on to Christmas topics and other things. Uh, just some good stuff here that I, well, I can't resist, can't pass it up. So we'll talk about that this morning. We'll be in the same text, James chapter 1, and uh, we'll read verse 22 down through verse 25 once again and uh, look at a few other things this morning uh, directly uh, around near the subject we talked about last week. All right, so if you find your place, James chapter 1, we'll stand together for the reading of God's word after we have prayer. We'll begin reading in verse 22. All right, so let's pray together. Father, how we love you today and how we thank you for your precious word. And as we come to the book of James, Lord, we, we're already on familiar ground, having been there last week. And we come, Lord, with intrigue, with hungry hearts. Lord, we just ask you once again to speak through your word, to be our teacher and guide through the scriptures today. And we pray, dear Holy Spirit of God, that you just guide our minds and our hearts, our thoughts to the things that, that we need to pay attention to. And so, Lord, you know each one of us, and you know where we are in our Christian life journey, and you know what our next steps should be. So I pray you'd highlight those, point them out. May the, may the Word of God be that lamp to our feet, the light to our path. We ask you, Lord, to just point the way and shine the light in our hearts to show us what you'd have us do. So, Lord, teach us, we pray, and speak to our hearts. Convict where necessary. Educate, Lord, encourage, transform. Lord, we just pray that you just uh, move upon us and, and reveal those next things to us. Help us to be willing and obedient, to be followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Verse 22, the Bible says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Do you want to be blessed? Brother James tells us how to get there. An old preacher of yesteryear, uh, Brother Roloff, down from South Texas, used to say, if you want God's blessing, you have to put yourself on blessing ground. Now, I want to I give you just a little tidbit of spiritual warfare. One of the greatest tools of the devil is to get us and God pitted against each other. And so often what he will try to do is get you off of blessing ground. He wants to get you on the ground that God has to correct and punish and curse. And there are places like that. There are things God will not tolerate, especially from his children. And, and now you've got God going to work contrary to what you want to accomplish in life. Anytime you put yourself fighting against God, you are going to lose. And the devil knows that. Well, if he can get us in that situation, then he sits back and enjoys the entertainment while we waste time doing things that we 
most assuredly already know God doesn't like. Well, don't, don't let the devil do that to you. Get on that blessing ground and be like Brother James said. Be the man who's blessed. Be the woman who's blessed in his deed. How do you do that? He reveals to us in the text how to do it. Three parts of the Christian life. We, we looked at the word look last week and we said that's when we start learning because the Bible describes itself as a mirror. When we look into the Word of God, we, we see ourselves. And not only do we see ourselves, but we see ourselves as we are. We see our condition. We see what needs to be fixed, what needs to be changed, because we, we get to look through the lens of God's Word. We get to see ourselves as He sees us, which is not as we see us. And when we can correct uh, the things in our life, that God sees is wrong. And when we correct those things that are wrong from God's perspective and his point of view, then we begin to put ourselves on that blessing ground. The word look implies learning. Then the word doers, he's here, he talks about being doers of the, of the work and doers of the word, right? And, and that word implies living because it's action. We're putting into action what we're learning. And then the word work there in verse 25 we said that that's where leadership begins. When we consistently do what God wants us to do and what we've learned, we begin leadership because we start with our influence. We are providing influence on how to do it in the Christian life. So learning, living, and leading. And isn't that what Matthew 28 is all about? Teaching them to observe. Matthew 28, 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. So the idea is that we are to grow in our Christian life to the point that we can teach someone else to observe or, or how to do, how to live the Christian life. We call that discipleship. It's really more of a mentoring process. It's what Jesus did with his disciples, and that is the goal. That's God's goal for every Christian, every Christian. All of us should be able to teach someone how to live the Christian life. But it starts, just like in Luke chapter 1, it starts with doing. We have to do it first. We have to live it first. Then we teach it. Well, <clears throat> I want to bring a message from the same text, the same, the same content, James chapter 1, that I want to entitle this morning, The Secret Ingredient to Obedience. You see, obedience is the key to growth and success in the Christian life. And, and if you're writing that as a sentence, I would capitalize the entire word key. Obedience is the key to growth and success in the Christian life. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 is the only time the, the word success is used in the Bible. And it's directly connected to us carrying out the teachings of Scripture. It says this book of the law shalt thou meditate therein day and night. Why? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. In God's point of view, in God's economy of things, when we do what he says, we are a success, regardless of the outcome. In the world today, and especially in America, we are so results-oriented that we have, we have the world's, we've adopted the world's definition of success. I want to caution you as a Christian to finally consider what you are calling success in the Christian life and make sure that it aligns with God's definition of success. Because when you work with people, it's not the same as when you work with products. 
One plus one does not always equal two. A soul-winning visit and a gospel presentation will not immediately produce a converted person into Christianity. They may not at that time choose to accept Christ as their Savior. And, and when we're talking about spiritual work, and when we're talking about people, some would call it social work, we are social creatures. We can't pressure someone into making a genuine, authentic decision. We can encourage them. We can warn them. But if they make a decision that's not genuine, no one has really profited from that, and that is not success. Now, in an assembly line, in a warehouse somewhere, you can have one plus one and end up with two all day long and hope it runs good. <laughs> you know what they say, if you ever build a car on Monday or Friday, you better watch out. It may, not, it may be a lemon. So what do you have as the end result? Well, we want the end result to be genuine, unfeigned faith, as Paul wrote to Timothy. So how do we get to that point? It's through obedience. Sincere, heartfelt obedience. That's why when someone accepts Christ as their Savior, they have to embrace that themselves. When someone comes forward for baptism, they need to submit to baptism on their own. If you're twisting their arm, if you're coercing them into doing it, it's not, a, it's not submission. Right? And we need to be careful about that. What about in your own life? Obedience is the key. So what's the secret ingredient to obedience? Why is it that you can have two longtime Christians and one is successful and the other is not? I tell you, it's obedience. What is it about obedience? Why are some obedient and some aren't? And today I want to uncover that. <clears throat> I want to show you that there is a fork in the road that we travel in the Christian life. John Bunyan wrote a classic work on, on the Christian life called Pilgrim's Progress. If you've never read that, I highly encourage you to read it. It will give you a topical overview of what to expect. If we were to give another title to that book, it could be What to Expect When You're Living Life as a Christian. Okay, you're going to all these different places and experiences that Pilgrim has. You can expect that maybe not in the same order. Right. It's presented as a novel, as a story about Pilgrim and where he goes and his travels and the things he experiences, you know, and, and we don't necessarily experience them in the same order that he did or in the same way. But but you, you can mark it down. You'll have the same experiences. So so the journey, the road to the Christian life, what does that look like? And if we saw signposts on the way, what would we find there on the road to living the Christian life? Well, I think it starts out with what James said. Look at James chapter 1, verse 22. He says, but be ye doers of the word and not what? Hearers only. When you do that, he said, you're deceiving your own selves. So I think we start out <clears throat> the way everyone starts out. When we're coming to know God, we start out in this place of hearing. And when we encounter the word and we hear the word of God, just beyond that, there's a fork in the road. So that means there's two paths that you can take. It's the difference between growth and not growing and, and stagnance. 
It's the difference between success and mediocrity in the Christian life. It's the difference between someone who serves and someone who floats along. What is it? There's a fork in the road right there. Think about that. I believe that fork in the road and and which path you take has to do with whether or not you obey God's word or not. The obedient take one way and the disobedient go the other. And, And that is what separates those two groups of people. So, so how do, we, how do we get good at obedience? How do we make sure that we are the obedient Christian? How do we ensure that that's us that takes the correct path to growth and success in the Christian life? Well, I want to share with you the secret uh, ingredient to obedience this morning. If I were to put it in a word, I used the word last week, but I want to go ahead and give it to you. If I put it in a word, I would say it is the word intent it's the word intent the word intent determines how I approach the hearing of God's word and those two mindsets really have already predetermined which path they're going to take at the fork in the road in the Christian life so if you have a mindset of intent then you are predetermined to take the right path. If you do not, then you are preset to take the wrong path already before you ever even hear the message of the Word of God. So let's just write a few notes down. Number one, the, the, the hidden ingredient of James 1.22, being doers of the Word. How do you know if you're a doer? The hidden ingredient is intent. That's what it is. When I say intent, what am I talking about? I'm talking about a person who hears the word of God, but their mind is already made up. Yes, Lord, I'm going to do what you say. Lord, I want to know what your will is. All you got to do is tell me what your will is. Lord, I'm going to do it. That's intent. That's your motive. That, that's, that's, that's your mindset that you come to God's word with. Now, on the other hand, there are people who come to God's word with the mindset of a question mark. That's not intent. They, they don't intend. They're not coming to God's word with the intention of carrying it out as they learn it. They're coming to God's word with a curiosity. What does it say? What does it mean? What does God want? It's a question mark there. They're answering questions. They're analytical thinking, all of this kind of thing. And when the word of God lines up with their heart and their mind, their reasoning, okay, then they'll do it. But when it doesn't, well, hold on there. You can get spiritual all you want to. But when you have to stop at the plain teaching of God's word and say, well, let me pray about that. There's nothing spiritual about that. That is disobedience at the very beginning. And it shows a lack of intent in the heart of the one who hears with a question mark. So you have to decide, you have to look into God's word, the mirror of God's word, and say, is that me? Am I coming to the word of God with my mind already made up? Lord, just show me what to do. The answer is yes, just show me what to do. Or are you coming to God's word with a question mark? Lord, what is it? 
well, let me see. You know, like somebody who asks you, will you do me a favor? And what do we say back? Depends on what it is. Right? That means you don't have intent. Your mind's not already made up. As a matter of fact, you're standing on the no side already. <laughs> like, like you have to coerce me to get on the yes side of this. And people come to God's word that way. When you do that, you stunt your own spiritual growth. Because you hesitate. And that hesitation right there is the gap between hearing and doing. So over here we have the hearing, right? We all hear God's word. But then over here, guess what? We've got those who are doing. We've got the doers over here, the doers of God's word. And you notice in between, there's a gap there. What's this, what is this middle ground? This bridge that takes people from hearing to doing. What is this? It's intent. Their mind is already made up. Lord, the answer is yes. You just show me what. And as soon as they discover God's will, as soon as they understand the teachings of the word of God, the principles of the Bible, they cross the bridge because their mind's already made up. All they need is, is someone to point the way. Go that way. They're gone. <clears throat> is that you? Number two, intent is determined by the way we receive or hear the word. So we're over here, right? And only those that have intent embedded in them already are going are to cross the bridge and become a doer of the word. So here's where we find out whether you have intent or not in the hearing. We all have to hear it first. And so here is where the crowd is separated. Here is where we meet the fork in the road. We start hearing the word of God. And when we come into contact with God's word, there's going to be a fork in the road as soon as we hear the message. And whatever's already in our heart is going to predetermine which path we take, whether we're going to take the hearing path are the ignoring path. Matthew eleven fifteen says, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith, right? Think about this. Jesus said that often. He used that expression, and then it's repeated in Revelation. He that hath ears to hear. Doesn't everybody have ears? I mean, unless you were involved in some kind of accident or maybe something wrong happened at birth. Other than those things, everybody's got ears, right? But does everyone have ears to hear? No. You see, it's the difference between hearing and listening. You can hear something without really listening without really paying attention to what's being said. You know, often as I sit in the house, especially this time of year, there's a lot of commotion, hustle and bustle. Our kids are grown, so there's a lot of in and out, and everybody's going. Everybody's, we all have our schedules and our routines and coming in and out the door and talking. And usually the kids are talking to their mother. I'll hear their voice and da 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 
I know they're talking, carrying on conversation, but I'm doing something else. And all of a sudden I hear, Dad, what? what? Wait, wait. Now you got my attention. You see, I was hearing, but I wasn't listening. And I've always told them, if you want my attention, say Dad first. And then I'll catch all that. But when you just hear a bunch of racket going on, you know, you just have a tendency. I don't know if it's a guy thing or what, but I do. I just have a tendency just kind of, it's background noise. You know, you just tune that out, and I'm just like steady going. Why? Because there's a lot of stuff that gets said that doesn't even pertain to me. Right? So why be, like, tuned into all that? I got other stuff to do. Dads are busy, you know. We got big things going on. <laughs> so... I'm working on something, I'm, and then I hear, Dad, okay, now I know, it's, that's my cue. I'm tuned in. Now I'm listening, right? The intent kicked in. I'm listening. Yes? Oh, you didn't hear anything I said, did you? <laughs> I always hate that response because then I feel bad, you know? I wanted to hear it. I just didn't know you were talking to me. If I knew you were talking to me, right? Hey, do you know, when we come to God's word, do you know God wants us to know that he's talking to us? He's talking to us. You say, yeah, but that passage, you know, was directed to so-and-so, other people. Yeah, but there's something in it for you. That's why God recorded it, and that's why it's written down. That's why we're reading it in this generation, because even though it was addressed to another group of people somewhere else a long time ago, there's a message there for us. There's something God wants us to take away from this. And when we get that, we're prepared to take the right path and the next steps forward in our Christian life. So do you have ears to hear? Matthew 13, 13 says this, because, remember, they asked Jesus, why do you speak in parables? And he said, because seeing, they see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. Why? Because they're hearing, but they're not listening. They're not hearing with their heart. They don't have that element of intent already built in. And you know, we got to understand that in this realm of hearing, everybody comes into the room of hearing. We all encounter God by first hearing. We hear the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We hear this stuff, but not everyone who hears is a doer. Not everyone who hears is a listener. Not everyone who hears wants to know the message. There are critics. There are scoffers. There are enemies that are in this room, and they hear also. That's why Jesus spoke in parables. That seeing they see not, and hearing they hear not. You know, I think God on purpose gave us the truth the way he gave us so that it's not for everyone who just looks on the surface. You can only get a certain amount like that. In order to enjoy the truth of God's word, you got to be willing to go deeper. you got to be willing to work a little bit and dig a little bit. Hey, there's some things you'll never know in the Bible if you don't do a word study. There's some things you'll never know in the Bible if you don't compare scripture with scripture. There's some things you'll never know if you don't take a topical anal analyzation there and compare and see what does God say about this subject in the Bible? How does God feel about this? You know, I believe in modern-day Christianity as Christians in the world we live in, 
You and I, in order to be lights in the world, we have to reflect God's value to the world. We can't do that unless we know what God thinks about a thing. And then woe be unto us if we don't take God's position on a matter. You say, well, I think. Who cares what you think? The world's full of people that have an opinion. What they need is they need to get to know God. And the only way for them to get to know God is for them to know His opinion. And that's what you and I, that's our mission. We're supposed to embrace God's values and then go and share them with the world. But you know, sometimes our own opinion, our own values trip us up on the way and keep us from doing the simplest thing that God wanted us to do, just living a testimony and shining a light to the world about who he is. We can't do that effectively if our life doesn't reflect his values. My, how we need to... You know, if you want to have revival on a personal level, just get back to the basics and have a revival of basics. Good teams in the NFL and the NBA, good teams start out with basics, basic training. I was shocked when I heard of a major... Uh, major coach that started out practice one day by saying this is a ball really he went all the way to the NFL learn that no he was going back to the basics right hey let's refocus if you want to win the ball game make sure your dribbling is right make sure your shooting is right make sure your passing is right make sure you know how to tackle right Offense and defense. We've got to get back to the basics. Luke 8, 18 says, Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. Have you ever thought about how you hear God's word? You ever thought about that? What is the condition of your heart when God's word is opened? What's the condition of your ears and your mind when God's word is open? Hey, that will determine which path you take afterwards. The fork in the road leads to a place where one path accepts and acknowledges what was heard. The other path ignores what was heard. Like Brother James said, you look in the mirror and then you go away and forget what you saw. What are they doing? They're ignoring. Right? Well, let me pray about it. Hey, that might be a spiritual cover-up for ignoring what God said. Well, it ain't so bad. That might be a spiritual cover-up for ignoring what God said. You're not, on the, you're not on the road to success and blessing in the Christian life if you're saying that all the time. Well, I just don't see anything wrong with it. Read 1 Peter 1 and see what he said about Christians who can't see. Are you saying you're in that category? Man, that ain't something I'd want to say out loud. That's not a complimentary badge you want to wear. Well, I don't see... Oops, wait a minute. Watch out. We need to be able to see clearly the path forward and be able to take it and and follow and serve God effectively. So, so how do you hear God's word? 
Acts chapter 17. Write these references down and go back later and study them and see what God says to you in your heart. Acts chapter 17 says this. It says, they received the word with all readiness of mind. Why is it they were ready as they came into contact with God's word and they didn't have to get ready after they heard God's word? It's because of the word we're talking about, the word intent. You see, their mind was already made up. They were ready to serve God. They just wanted to know what. Lord, you say when and we're gone. You say what and we're there. Their mind was already made up. They received the word with readiness of mind. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. He talks about the word of God. He says, which effectively worketh also in you that believe. So when you receive the word of God, and your, and your faith is already in it. You already trust what God says. You already believe it. It's already true in your mind. You come to it that way. He said, then the word of God effectually works in you. But guess what? People who don't come to the word of God that way, they don't have that trust, that faith. Their minds aren't made up. They don't believe already in advance. They come to the word of God. Guess what? It doesn't effectually work in them the same way they don't have the same profit the same benefit hey listen that's why two people can go to church for the same length of time and one grow and one not one can be stagnant or stationary and and not move forward the other one can outpace them why because of this how do you approach the word of god what do you do with what you hear is your mind already made up is your heart ready hebrews 4 12 says the word which preached did not profit them Wait a minute. I thought the word of God would profit everyone. I thought Isaiah said, my word that goeth forth shall accomplish that which I please. It will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it, right? Sure it will. But in your life, do you know you can turn that off? All you got to do is say, I don't believe that. That was the preacher's opinion. Well, I don't see anything wrong with it. Well, let me pray about that for a while. It doesn't matter how you say it. What you're really saying is, I don't believe that. I don't accept that. Now you're in the, you're in the category of ignorance. You're in the category of, I'm ignoring this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to act. I'm not prepared. I'm not ready. I don't intend to act upon this right now that's a tough place to be because it's gonna that hesitation is keeping you from moving forward to the blessing ground notice how the word was received at Thessalonica with a ready mind guess what they were blessed but in Hebrews here it tells them the word preached did not profit them this other group why because they didn't receive it the same way Psalm 119, 128, David said, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. Wow. Here's a, here's a guy that just said, look, I've just made up my mind that everything God said is true. He's right. So if me and God have a disagreement, guess who's wrong? 
I, I understand that. And you understand it when I use me as an example. But what about when you disagree with God? Who's wrong? You know, these are the things that trip us up in the Christian life. This is where the devil likes to play with our mind and just throw those fiery dark, those thoughts. Is that, is that really what God wants? Did, does the Bible really say that? Hey, don't you know that's the same thing he did to Eve in the garden? Don't fall for that. Right? Let's be wiser. Notice in Philippians 4.9. Notice what it says there. Let's turn to that one. Look at Philippians just a few pages back. Philippians chapter 4, and go to verse 9. This was an interesting day when I, when I discovered this. And I'm going to tell you, I'm about to challenge your, your intent. I'm about, to, I'm about to put a challenge on your willingness right here. I mean, not me, really. Paul's going to do it, but but I'm going to share it with you, all right? <clears throat> this is a hard one, you know? Jesus said there are hard sayings. This is one of those. You ready? Got your seatbelt on? <laughs> all right, you've been, do, you've, been, you've been to God's gym doing some spiritual exercises? All right, this is heavy. Look at this, verse 9. He says, Paul's writing to the Philippians, the church of Philippi, and he said, these things, or those things, excuse me, those things which ye have both, what? Learned and received, that's one category. And then he says, and heard and seen in me. That's another category. He said both categories, the things you've learned and received and those things you've heard and seen in me, do. If you do that, he says, and the God of peace shall be with you. told you this was deep. It's a heavy right here. So, so watch this. We, we hear God's word, and we learn some things, and we receive that. Oh, this is good. I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm receive this, right? These are the things that we accept, we agree with, we see it clearly. It's good for us, and we do it. Paul said, good. Those things you've learned and received, you do that. But then he said, these other things over here, the things you heard and you've seen in me, he said, you do that too. And why is that heavy? Because we're standing over here, and we're all glad and happy to do the things that we have embraced. But we're looking over there going, well, I don't know about that yet. Well, I know you do that. And I know you believe that. You've learned that. Right? Boy, we just say, wow. I'm real comfortable standing over here. I don't know about going over there. I'm just not there yet, we say. I'm just not, I'm just not, just not there yet. So what are we doing? We're hesitating. What am I going to do with that truth? Do nothing with that. I'm ignoring that, you see? Put a nice label on it if you want to, but we're ignoring that. I'm not ready for that. Paul said, you do that too. You know about this stuff. You've heard it. You've seen it. But they hadn't embraced it. They, haven't, they hadn't received it yet. 
He's saying, you do that. You do that. Hey, that's I, I know. I know that's, that just challenges us, doesn't it? It's quiet. Because, hey, listen, in God's gym, there's some heavy stuff in there. And this is one of those. This is one of those heavyweights. So let me ask you, you want to be a heavyweight Christian or you want to be a lightweight Christian? Because here's where you get into those things that will make you, you want to go to the next category? All right, guess what? This is the kind of stuff that will take you there. And it's not always easy. But if we live what we learn, and if we have buried in our heart the intent to do, Lord, I'm serious, my mind's made up, I want to do your will, you just show me what it is, guess what? We move forward, we end up on that blessed ground. Number three, intent bridges the gap, like we said earlier. It bridges the gap between hearing and between doing. In verse 22, we see the word, James chapter 1, we see the word word. In verse 25, we see the word work. Right? So intent bridges the gap between hearing and doing. And the word word becomes the word work when we live out what we learn. And these concepts, these stages, if you will, these places are connected by the bridge of intent. Intent is what brings me from hearing to doing. It's what, it's what takes me from doing the word. I'm taking little steps by living what I learn to the place where I'm doing the work of the Lord now. Because now I'm consistently doing, I'm sharing. When you're doing the work of the Lord, it's not just you, but it's connected now with others, right? And you're spreading that. But remember, you can't spread it till you have it. So we go from obeying the word to we go to being a doer of the word to being a doer of the work. The work of the ministry is multiplying. The work of the ministry is taking what you've learned, sharing it with others, right? So... The first part of the Christian life is your own learning and development. The second part of the Christian life is you helping others with their learning and development. And that's the difference between the two. Go from word to work. And lastly, blessings follow the obedient students of God's word. What does the Bible say? James chapter 1. What did he tell us in verse 25? This man shall be what? Blessed in his deed. Isn't that where we want to be? Man, that's where I want to be. We want to be on that blessed, that blessing ground. We want, we want to be blessed. We want to say, I'm blessed. The way to do that is to get there. And the way to get there is by intent. Getting serious with God. Surrendering your will and saying, Lord, okay, my mind's made up. I'm going to follow you. Now you just tell me what it is. That's it. That's the key. That's the secret. Easy to understand? Man, sometimes very difficult to do, isn't it? Because as human beings, we have a hard time raising that white flag of surrender. Man, we have a hard time with that. We want to be in control. We want to make the decisions. We, we We want to choose the direction. But in the Christian life, we are taught to give all of that to our Father. He guides, He leads, He feeds, right? So if we're going to be what God wants us to be, we have to surrender all of that kind of control to Him. 
and trust his leadership, trust his guidance, his direction. I'm telling you, until you're confident in him, you'll be insecure trying to do that. Easy to understand, sometimes very difficult to do. Intent is the key. So, is your mind made up? How do you approach hearing the word of God? Do you have the intent? Are you, are you ready like the Thessalonican Christians? They receive the word of God, already ready to put it in action. Just tell me what it is. Can I tell you something? Blessings follow the obedient students of God's word. Look, when you take the principles of the Bible and you apply them to your life, you become a disciple. Now you got to be careful. I'm not preaching on this, but I'm going to throw it out there. When you take the principles of the word of God and you apply them to everybody else, you become a Pharisee. So remember, this stuff right here that you're learning is for you. Remember? It's a mirror. And the mirror reflects me, not them. It's a mirror, not a spotlight. Okay? And and let's let God, let's let God show us clearly what's in here. That's how you grow as a Christian. And then when you see what God sees, then do what God wants you to do with it. Some things we're going to have to correct. Some things we're going to have to throw away. Right? Some things we're going to have to give up. Wave that surrender. Right? And hey, if we do that correctly, we'll be moving on to that blessing ground. But there's a fork in the road, remember? We come to the place where we hear God's word. And when we come into contact with God's word, we look in that mirror. And then we either accept and acknowledge God's word, we receive it, that leads to obedience. We begin to practice it, live what we learn, and that leads to blessing ground. Or at the fork in the road, if we don't have that intent, if our mind's not already made up, we hesitate, we end up, like he said, we forget what we saw, we ignore the teachings of the word of God, We take the path of disobedience. It's inactivity. We do not act on what we've heard. We forget, he said, and in time you will. Where does that lead? It doesn't lead to blessing ground. I'll tell you what it does. It leads to the consequence of the actions that you take. You know, the Bible talks about that. When we don't follow God, God gives us over to the fruit of our way. And that's where that path leads. So look, if I just laid out those two paths and asked you this morning, which one do you want to take? Hey, look down the road. Where would you like to end up? You want to end up in God's blessing ground or you want to end up in the consequences of your own actions and choices? You know, logically, we look at that and say, well, man, obviously, I don't have to pray about that. I want to be on the blessing ground. Good. 
then do what it takes to get there. Come to God's word with intent. Take some time to get along with God and make up your mind so that when you come to God's word, your, your intention's already set. You're already prepared to obey God's word. Whatever it is, Lord, you show me and I'll do it. And you get that kind of hard attitude going on with God, you'd be, you'd be amazed what he starts to show you. Right? Why would God show his will to somebody who isn't even planning on doing it anyway? Right? That's why sometimes we say, well, we want God to show me the big stuff. You know, you want me to be a missionary to a foreign country and all this? And God's like, well, man, I, I really would just like for you to, man, just go to church. How about just read your Bible? We just start with some little stuff right here. We'll talk about that later. Right? If we won't do the little things, well, God's certainly not going to show us big things. Don't you think? Intent. Hey, I don't know about you. I want to be on blessing ground. And the secret to obedience is intention. What is your intention with, regarding God's word today? What's the condition of your heart and mind when it comes to hearing and receiving? Hey, if you can answer those questions, you'll be well on your way to growth and success in the Christian life. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, how we love you today and how we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word and Lord, just the fact that you love us and you're, you patiently work with us even in those difficult moments because we all do it. We all hesitate. We, we all get confused. Sometimes we listen to those questioning things the devil throws into us and slips into our mind. We, we wonder. Sometimes we're insecure. Sometimes we're uncomfortable or, or maybe we're just weak. We confess all of that today and we just claim that, Lord, we need you. We need your guidance, your help, your strength, your wisdom. And Lord, today we, we come with hearts that are ready and our minds that, that want to be full of intention, ready for obedience. So, Lord, fit us with that and, and ready us, Lord, to receive your word that we might move forward on the path of obedience and blessing. Lord, that's our prayer. So help us. Show us today if there are things in our way. Help us deal with issues that hold us back, keep us from your blessings. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.